Hello, ladies. The Big Balboski here. And right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness. Talking all of this madness. Talking all of this madness. They talking all of this. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery Jr. And with me this week, coming back from uh, his trip in Hawaii, uh, welcome back to Wednesday nights. Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo. Aaron Lloyd, welcome back. It is great to see you. Uh, how was the you. trip? Oh, Pesh, uh, Lassa, you will love it. Um, <laughs> you, you, since it's an island, uh, even in a hot weather, because since I work outside, I'm, I'm accustomed to the weather. But even in 90 degree, 90 degree, 90 degree weather, you can actually get a hoodie off. Which is which is socksy, which is socksy. Um, your shorts and your slides, so you can actually get that off. It was nice not seeing locals have lace fronts or units in. Keywords keyword with that is locals. Uh, as I told you before we started, I'm tired of Japanese. I don't want to hear about or smell anything about teriyaki. Um, since we we also talked about the time change, and uh, I killed a a black stereotype when I was there. I killed the stereotype that black people don't watch Friends. That's what me and Angel watched. <laughs> I was there, and we fell in love with it. It's like, oh man, well, I, I know why people like this now. So this was your first time watching Friends. I've never sat down and binged Friends because, uh, uh, in the hotel room, like we only got like we had like USA Comedy Central. It's like between The Office and Friends, that's what we mm-hmm. saw, and we watched a lot of that because those were on like all day for. A couple hours, a couple hour block. Yeah. So, um, it's the first time I actually like sat down and watched it because like there's nowhere else for me to go because we're in this hotel room. So like it's like it's like this is the only thing I can watch between that and Sports Center until the office comes on later around six <laughs> six at night or something like that. But yeah, I, I really did enjoy it. I, I see the hype behind it. It's not one of my favorites, but obviously, as someone who was like a teenager when that show was on. I saw it for a lot of years. I was watching it weekly um, and obviously have seen it in syndication because there have been times where you could turn on like almost any one of those like TBS type channels and you'd find it. So I've seen a lot of the episodes. It is a good show. Like I said, not one of my favorites, but it's an enjoyable watch. Um, So a question I have for you. And I'm curious about this because one of the things I find fascinating about Hawaii is like it's part of the United States of America. It's one of the 50 states. But like going there, you have to feel like you've gone to another country. Oh, yeah. Like you're you're not you're not at home anymore. Like clearly. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. But it look it looks like any other normal place, especially the part we stayed at. Um, it had like the shopping strip and stuff, all the high end designers a lot of the same restaurants and stuff. It looked the same for the most part. And um, the prices weren't too much. They weren't – it wasn't much of a difference. Everything is still there. Like restaurants, franchises such as like Cheesecake Factory, the Hard Rock Cafe, they were all they were all still there. It was just a bummer having to eat out for breakfast, even though they offered us a quote-unquote deluxe breakfast, which was only like <laughs> – 
toast and fruit, but eat, like like buy having to buy lunch and dinner for two people all uh, for six nights can get a, a little expensive. But I, I enjoyed it for the most part. But it did feel like I was like on another end of the earth because I just thought I thought it was funny that like. I'm out in the street on the beach and Raw's on at like two at two o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah. Or like, so that's one of the things when I was in Italy, like it's, I don't know, 2 a.m., 3 a.m. And the group chat is going off <laughs> with you guys watching Raw. And it, it, it was, it's, it's odd. Like the things that you're used to happening at a certain time happening at such a different time. But, yeah, I was just, I was just like, God, Raw's on. What the hell? Like, yeah. even uh, all out was on. Like, wow, all out's on at two o'clock. <laughs> um, so yes, welcome back. I did want to get your thoughts on the on the trip. I'm looking forward to uh, visiting Hawaii myself. Um, obviously, all out happened this weekend. A very big weekend. I have not gotten to watch one minute of anything. I've pretty much either been sleeping or working in some variety for the past week. Uh, so I didn't get to see All Out. I didn't get to see Raw. I saw a couple little things on social media. Didn't get to watch 90210, unfortunately. <laughs> so I don't have. we'll have to hold off a week on, on reviewing that. Um, so we'll obviously talk about All Out, give a rating. Before we get to that, a couple quick things. First, subscribe on iTunes. And if you have not already, please leave a five-star rating and review. I personally would like to thank my queen, Serena Williams, on her <laughs> 100th victory at the U.S. Open. I believe she's in the semifinals now. Or maybe she's even in the finals. I don't know. She's she's on course to possibly uh, win the U.S. Open. So next week we will know for sure if she has won or not. Um, so Alo, all out. Uh, typically we only do ratings for WWE pay-per-views, although I, I'm pretty sure we've busted out ratings for AEW slash uh, the Elite shows before. Do we have a rating system on this show? Yep, because Billionaire Tony, he, he went and got <laughs> Fink defected. <laughs> and he, don't, he, he went and brought Fink, Vince is furious, and irate. So come on in, Fink. What have I become? The following podcast has a rating system in place. If it's a horrible show, it gets a jobber. If the show falls somewhere in the middle, it gets a slobber knocker. And if it is an amazing show, it gets the rating of ratings. It will get a showstopper. Thank you, Howard. We won't, tell, we, we won't say nothing. <laughs> no, it's safe with us. Um, so being that I did not get to watch, uh, what is I, I will give a rating, but what is what is your rating and what were your thoughts overall of All Out? Well, all right, where do I start? So I'll start at this because I, I said in the group chat that Eric, well, I'm upset Eric and Prep aren't here because I know they were really looking forward to 
reviewing this, but last week they said something. Eric said something. I believe Prep followed it up. Fatherhood called again, I believe. Yes. So Eric said, and I'm quoting him, Eric said AEW, they know they have to outdo what they did last year. So with that statement, that's going to be a part of my rating. So I completely disagree that they had to outdo last year because last year was deemed the the biggest independent wrestling show of all time. And me, uh, Eric and, Pre- and Prep can talk from experience with me that, and I even said it on the review when we reviewed all, all in last year, that they were there, the, the crowd was there for them. It was just like a positive atmosphere and they capture all this magic in a building. And then a few months later, we get the announcement that AEW is going to be officially a thing. So if anything had to kind of top all out, I mean, all in, it would have been double double or nothing because that's the first show of them saying, okay, we're actually here. Right. And at this point, we've had double or nothing, Fighter Fest and Fight for the Fallen and all out. So to me, all out, because I also text him, he didn't respond to this part of my question. I'm not sure if, if he views All Out as like their WrestleMania because it's like their yearly, it became a yearly thing this year. But All Out, but since we have all these shows, AEW kind of just feels like a regular wrestling show now on pay per view. So that's going to go into my rating. So I'm just going to give this, I'm going to give it a high slobber knocker. I don't think it was better than All In at all. All In was just magical is definitely i think it's my second favorite wrestling show of all time and i don't know if you remember but i talked about at the end of the year i wanted to do a um, a top 10 match of the decade list and cody and aldis that's high on that list but i'm gonna give it a high slobber knocker i thought i thought the, the show was a lot was fun for the most part uh the undercard has been lack is lacking because we don't have the television show so they had a triple threat match with uh Darby Allen, Havoc, and Joey Janela, which was just a mess. Mm. <laughs> a, I don't know if you heard about this, but they would they put thumbtacks into a guy's mouth and taped his mouth shut and all that stuff. So they used a Cracker Barrel. It, it was it was. I a know mess. about the barrel. Yeah, it was a complete mess. I was like, oh my god, this is a mess. Uh, Pac and Omega was great. I thought that I, I was really entertained by that match and what they got out of it from just being something they just kind of threw together. And the way Pac won, I thought was great because he, he, he ended up winning by submission by catching, by surprising Kenny. And Kenny just passed out kind of like immediately. So I did a, I thought he did a good job of showing those two go at it in a non-storyline match that just kind of won up each other. I thought the latter match for the AAA tag title was a lot of fun. Um, Cody and Spears, it was fine. Um Coming out the match, I'm not looking. I was kind of actually looking forward more to Cody versus MJF because whenever you do watch it, you'll see that. First of all, before I say this statement, get Earl Hebner the hell out of AEW. <laughs> um. So Cody was accompanied by DDP, MJF, and Brandy, but Earl said only one could stay at ringside, and MJF stayed at ringside over his wife and DDP yeah. and Pharaoh, of course. So. So when Earl Hebner was trying to send DDP back, <laughs> um, 
MJF did the diamond upside down. Diamond upside down as a pussy. <laughs> so I popped for that. I don't know if anybody that. So I, 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 I like jumped up my seat when I saw that. But yeah, they're telling a great story between those two of like them quote unquote being best friends. And we all always talk about how MJF is actually going to be the real, the biggest, maybe the biggest star that comes out this company that's an unknown. And whenever him and Cody actually do feud, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm sh- I know you heard about the whole Arn Anderson thing and. Last week you were kind of, Last week you were upset about Tony Schiavone and them trying to like embrace WCW. I'm not sure how you will feel about Arn Anderson interfering in that match opposite of Tony Blanchard. I'm not sure if you have any problem with that at all. And the main event with Jericho and Hangman. At the, even though we deem Jericho the goat, we all understand that Jericho isn't going to give you like a a five six star match anymore at his age. But he got the job done. They played into the whole leg injury with Hangman Page. Going back to double or nothing when he mm-hmm. did when he did qualify to be in this finals match and we, and we also talked after double or nothing we also talked about who's the right person to put the belt on I think we came I think we came to to the agreement that there's really no wrong answer but I think on a, but we also said that on a debuting company it's best to have the belt on a well known person and that's Chris Jericho so I wasn't mad about it at all the. At, at all like they couldn't go wrong but the best business decision was for Jericho to actually go over and at the same time they have the um the, when AEW comes to Philly the second week I believe it's the, it's the second week of mm-hmm. the TV shows the AEW title is going to be on the line I believe so if you want to put if you and, I, and, you, and if you want to put the the title on Heyman then that'd be a good thing for your for your TV ratings for that second week, but I, I did enjoy, it, but it was no way near all all in was. So a couple thoughts. First of all, I'll I'll give my my rating and I'll say this: I'm going to give the same rating for every show like this that they do for their first year. Um, I'm going to give it a showstopper, <laughs> and you can bank on me giving a, a showstopper for every one. Uh, they get a one-year grace period where I will give the highest rating to every one of their shows. Um, so a couple things, though. One, yeah, I don't think that this show had to outdo All In. I really think they're all they have to do now is, like, have consistency. Like, you know if I'm buying this pay-per-view, I know I'm getting, like, this level of quality from it like and i think especially for the beginning they're going to be able to do that because it's it's so new everybody's so excited about it they don't have any ill will really build up with like a segment of the fan base like everybody pretty much is going into it and wants to enjoy it and is going to enjoy it so i think like that's really all they have to do is have a level of consistency uh and it's obviously we both know and all of us on this show know how hard it is to hit a home run every time. Like, it's just not a thing that can happen. So, it's an unrealistic expectation to think every show has to outdo the last one. Especially when you're talking about the very first one. Like, there, that will always be, like, a special show. And they may never do a show that lives up to that one. You know? No. Like, it's... it Because you can't really recreate that experience. But... I think, obviously, like, on last week's show, we all agreed that we thought Jericho was going to win. 
part of me felt like if you want to make Hangman Page like a star or like kind of the face of your company, you know, it would be like a cool way to, to do it, to have him beat like this legend. But two reasons why I think they made the right decision. One, as they're starting their TV deal, they have one of the biggest stars of the last 25 years as their champion and somebody that everybody knows that has a large social media following that has a pretty big, like, I don't want to say mainstream following, but he definitely has a bigger following than Hangman Page does at this point. Um, and I think, I, I truly, I, like, I'll echo what I said last week. It is very difficult to have a title reign live up to the chase. And if you want to make Hangman Page a star, you need to tell the biggest audience possible his story going after the title. And you lose that if he goes into your weekly TV show as the champion. So they made the right decision for that reason as well. And I guess the last thing I'll say, and this is another validation of making Jericho the champ, people who don't really pay attention to wrestling, people who don't really know wrestling, I've, I heard in the last couple days mention Chris Jericho because like there were stories out there that Chris Jericho becomes the AEW champion. And like, I heard a couple people say, oh, I didn't you know Chris Jericho was still wrestling. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. like And also, can I say, this whole thing with the belt getting stolen, <laughs> I almost think it's a work because I do too. they got more publicity out of that than they did out of all out. Yeah. And then like the fact that Jericho made a video about it, like even though he's, he's one to make fun of himself or whatever, but I was just like, huh, I really, I, and they found it pretty quickly too. Cause they found it today. Yeah. And then I'm not sure if this was Photoshopped or whatever, but crime time. Had a post, <laughs> they posted a picture. Have you seen that? I didn't know. So they posted a picture saying we didn't steal it. We just, or borrowing to get attention <laughs> to face the young bucks. So I'm not sure. Like it's a pretty like nicely Convincing. photoshopped picture. Yeah, so I'm not 100% sure if it's photoshopped or not, but it was convincing. I'm and I'm really starting to believe this is a whole work too. Yeah, like do I don't know if I really believe that, but it feels like it very well could be because of how much mileage they got out of this one day story. Like all the the memes that have come out, like it. Really, I, I like they could not have asked for more publicity, like a couple days after that show, than than with that. Yeah, so like if it have... was a work, it was brilliant, and if not, like how lucky can you get that something like that happens that just kind of takes off? Yeah, like they had one a picture of our truth stealing it. Mm -hmm. They had a picture of uh, Jinder Mahal driving off with it. There's one of Vince. Yeah, it, it was it was so good, and the way the reason another reason I think it's a work is because. The, have you seen the picture of the cop? I didn't. With the belt? So, like, the cop is, like, walking. This is how they said he found, announced they found it. So the cop is walking into the office. It's a picture picture of him holding up the belt like this. So I'm like, this has got to be a work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hope it is. But either way, like, a lot of entertainment came out of that. And, they, like I said, they got a lot of mileage out of it. Um, and I think, like more than anything like they were like 
a very big topic on social media again during this event. I saw something that their countdown show on Friday night averaged 390,000 viewers for the entirety of the show. I'm about to sneeze. I might have to mute the microphone. Um, but to my knowledge, that show was not like advertised. And I believe it was on at 10 o'clock on Friday night. Like that's pretty good viewership for a countdown show. Like they have not been on TV yet. Their TV deal hasn't begun yet. It wasn't advertised. It was late on a Friday night. I think that's very good viewership numbers for that show to do. And I think that is very promising for what their viewership could be uh, a month from now. Uh, I did hear about the, uh, like the hardcore match or death match, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and actually Phil texted me about it that night. He was watching live and while I was doing Uber mm-hmm. eats that night, you know, I see the text from Phil and he said it was, uh, I, he, he may have said that it was the, the best match he's ever seen. So like Which match? the, the Jimmy Havoc match uh, all over the place. He, he loved it. So like people like Phil might be sort of the demographic they're going for, like the lapsed fan. He's eating up everything that they're doing. You know, like I, I think that if Phil is any indication of what the lapsed fan feels towards AEW, that's a very good sign for AEW. Um, I did, however, see that there are people who are upset about Jericho being the champion. Um, Why? Because he buried young talent. So I didn't. I didn't see that. But I, I, I didn't either. I, I I just had to make the joke. But that would be funny. Um, but what I see is a lot of people like kind of saying like, "Up, oh, it was obvious," or you're claiming to be this like new company taking wrestling in a new direction, and you just go the same direction. But to me, that's like. I get it. I think that was even one of the arguments I gave last week for not giving it to Jericho was like that it's so obvious he's going to be the champion. But I just think like they're not making Jericho. I think like people don't really think things through and them making Jericho the champion is not them saying he's the future of the company. He's the first guy to be in that place because he's the biggest name because he's Probably, I mean, would you say he's probably been the most popular guy in wrestling for the last two or three years? Oh yeah, no doubt. Um, since 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 the inception of this show, because even even when we had the the whole of him being well, you deemed him the goat before anybody. We'll I put did. it that way. <laughs> Thank we'll you. Put it that way. So <laughs> so so all to you, all you new newbies, Pash was the first to call Jericho the goat. <laughs> but yeah, especially in the last three years, I. As great as he's been, I think these last three years may have been the best of his career and solidified him as the GOAT. And I feel like he has so many other avenues that, like... Now, granted, almost every avenue where he has people invested in him are probably, like, the... I would guess the common denominator is wrestling, and most people that listen to his podcast are wrestling fans, and most people that listen to Fozzie, maybe not, I don't really know... But I'm sure a lot of people that listen to Fozzie are Jericho-holics. But maybe not. Like, he's he's done a lot of things. He has a lot of connections in the, the world of entertainment. I just think 
if you're somebody who wants to see wrestling go in a different direction than normal, if your desire is to see Hangman Page be the champion, I think you will be more rewarded by watching it unfold on TV every week than by if it just happened the first opportunity he ever got. Daniel, yeah. Bri- If you look at Daniel Bryan, yeah. you don't remember probably anything. Granted, it was short because he was injured, but like his title reign could have never lived up to everything that led up to it. Um, like I'm trying to think of who else we like Kofi might be a different, um, example because a lot of people have really enjoyed his title reign, but like, yeah, the, the, the journey is so much, it's like such an important part of this and there is no journey. If that show starts and he's the champion, I just, I think it's a silly way to look at it. That it's like, oh, they're doing the same old thing. No, they're not. Like, yeah. Or if you're saying the same old thing, like, yeah, they're trying to give their TV show a good story to build around. Yeah. Because if that's what we're going to say, that wrestling is a TV show, you need story to put on a TV show. Yeah. Because this is why I always say that. I, I watch it as a TV show. Now, I don't like to complain. Now, it's it's not it's hard not to complain for what's happening on a week-to-week basis, but a lot of times you can actually see what's happening, what's going to happen in a few weeks. So, it's not that hard to see and see what's going to happen in the story in the story leading up to. It's just the fact that getting there isn't always so easy. <laughs> what's going on so we just got a, a new guest joined us oh uh, man, look, look at the do-rag daddy prep is on the line is that a do-rag or a diaper you know i'm a part of los barricos <laughs> <laughs> is that the uh the macho tank yeah <laughs> i spot that uh purple heather from a mile away uh it is great to see you welcome to the show we have talked a little bit about All Out. Do you have any thoughts? Do you have a rating first? And do you have any thoughts on All Out? Uh, slobber knocker. Okay. Rating. Um, good, not great, but I said it before, I do not like to complain about AEW yet. I don't think it's warranted <laughs> because they they are very consistent. So, so that for was... me to complain about them would be like, Alright. Yeah, so like would you agree? So this is one of the things I, I said to Alo. Like he, he brought up that I think last week the consensus was there was some pressure to like live up to all in or or outdo all in. And I said yeah. my expectation for them really is just consistency. Like mm-hmm. they've proven that they could put on a show at a certain level and they just have to put on a show at a certain level doesn't have to be the best show they've ever done every time <laughs> sorry this i'm pouring water for uh baby mama jen <laughs> um so do you think like you said the show was good do you think good yes. is good enough i think it's good enough for now they have two months for it to be great so you think uh, when they start I think as soon as they the start on week, tv their pay-per-views have to be great and do you have faith in them to be able to deliver that consistently? I think I do. I 
think I do. Um, I'm actually, before Alo chimes in, I'm actually glad that it wasn't great because I'm not as upset that I wasn't able to go. <laughs> like, all in for us was like, I think we could all say maybe the greatest wrestling weekend we've ever been a part of. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you said that because last week you and Eric said that this had to be better than all in. And when we started the show, I said, I told Pash, I completely disagree because of what all in was supposed to be deemed as, which was the biggest independent wrestling show ever. And the fact that when we came on the show, you we could you could attest to this that there was no negativity at all in that arena at all. There was magic in the arena. Everybody was completely there for them, and everybody wanted them to succeed. And a few a few months later, we got the announcement of AEW. So now we get this brand new company. If anything had to top all in or come close to it, it had to be double or nothing, not all out. Now, I, I'm not Eric didn't respond when I asked, but I asked did he kind of view all in as like their WrestleMania because it's the second year they're doing it from Chicago. But in no way, shape or form, I thought it had, it had to be bigger than all in, especially with the rock, especially with the card that all in accumulated because they had what they had Okada. They had uh Chelsea, they had Chelsea green, Jay lethal flip Gordon. They had a lot of top guys from the independence on that card too. Now also the, one of the main problems is, with AEW, and you talked about they got to rectify this in the in the first few weeks on TV. I said this too. I feel like the I feel like the undercard that wasn't any member of the elite was the problem because the, the crowd didn't really, really react. The crowd loves the Jungle Express, which I I do love them too. But <laughs> but like I think the undercard is lacking because not Eric. When it comes, even though it's not a TV show yet, people will just cheer for Cody, the Bucks, and Kenny just for anything. Yeah, so I don't even remember saying that last week, but if I did, well, I was Eric, wrong. Eric, sa- Eric said it. Yeah, Eric said it. Eric said it, and then I believe you agree. And I probably just didn't want to argue with Act Two Fly that night. <laughs> but um, no. So I, I thought the show, like I said, was good. And when somebody at my job complained to me about it, I kind of got worked up. What was the complaint? We just got him. It wasn't even that he. I didn't even give him a chance to be honest. Like (laughs) I kind of like shut him down as soon as he like. I was a little disappointed. I'm like, why were you disappointed? The show was. What was bad on the show? And he just like looked at me. I'm like, I don't even want to hear it. I walked away. Right, because so that like that's maybe the the corner they've painted themselves in though is like, WWE isn't giving you what you want. So we're your your alternative. And now everybody that is down on watching wrestling expects, I don't know if they expect to get the exact thing they want. I don't know if they expect it to always be the best show they've ever seen, but it's impossible to live up to. 100%. Yeah, you can't it, give I mean, every fan exactly what they want. It doesn't need to be, you know, The Rock versus Austin every match, you know. What's up? You want a fig bar? Yeah, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Baby daddy duty. <laughs> yeah, like, and every every match shouldn't be Austin versus The Rock. Because you'd get tired of that eventually. Yeah, and, I'm not for that. And if they had three WrestleMania main events in four or five years, in the last four or five years, don't you think this current crop of wrestling fans would be very pissed about it by this point? Yes, they would. Yeah. If, it was, if it was Rock versus Austin... 
every match. It's not Rock versus Austin. Right. It's just a match you see all the time. Like you, it can't, it can't be like that. Uh, so I'd, I'd like your thoughts on the theft of the AEW title. We talked about this, how they got so much mileage out of this story. They got so much more uh, publicity out of it. Do you think there's any chance that this was staged? Uh, no chance. No, <laughs> no not, even, not even the great Chris Jericho could write that. Because <laughs> there's part of me that's like, wow, like... When it first happened, I was like, oh, this is embarrassing. Like, this happened so fast. But then I saw the way it kind of took off, and I was like, yo, this actually worked in their favor. Like, Yeah, it, it was – Um, it's a shame that it only lasted so long. But I think the Tallahassee Police Department was fantastic. Like, the worst picture ever. Like, oh, I think we have something of yours. <laughs> yeah, that's why, that's why I thought it was a work. Like, did he really have to hold the belt up like that? Like he wanted or something. And who was it? And was it was it like not Arby's. Huh? Was it Arby's that tweeted something yeah, at Jericho? Ar- like, yeah. we have a lot of cardboard if you want us to make you a new belt. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, save your cardboard for your sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. The, first of all, like, Eck loves the belt. I don't even like it. It's way too big for me. It is gigantic. And I don't know that I like the design so much as I love what it represents. Yeah. Like, like it's definitely something where, like, the meaning of it is what makes it for me more so than, like, the actual physical look of it. Yeah, like, I totally understand, like, Cody just wanting to pay homage for everything. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to lie, that woman's title yeah, that's is beautiful. I love it. Really? So I like it. Yeah. So like we have we have a split men's. opinion on that. Well, Alo probably likes the men's title too. I do like the men's title. <laughs> yeah. So we're talking to the European champ here. That, that is true. Um, they de- they they decided that they wanted to make more of them because of Alo's <laughs> opinions. Yeah. Just just popped off today, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned paying homage, and Alo had just brought up like people from wrestling past showing up uh, with AEW and like if I would be annoyed about like Arn Anderson showing up I think like there's part of me that thinks and I, I'm going to probably sound like a hypocrite now because I just said people were complaining about the same old wrestling with, with Chris Jericho being the champ instead of Hangman Page so there's part of me though that feels like Forge your own path. Stop trying to rely on what happened before. But I do kind of have to realize that Cody grew up around a lot of this. Like, his father was a legend in his business, and he has, like, a very familial relationship with a lot of these people. And I think with that being the case, I can cut them some slack for, like, paying respect to a lot of these people that he probably has looked up to. And the other thing is, like, they're not building their show around Arn Anderson showing up. Like, they're not trying to sell us a pay-per-view in Australia or Saudi Arabia with Arn Anderson. Like, he just showed up. He did a spot real quick. And I loved uh, the way Spears sold the Spinebuster. Like, he really sold the hell out of it. <laughs> and I it had still to, looks good. Yeah, I had to appreciate that. 
Uh, so no, I don't have a problem with it yet. Now, if we're like two years from now, and they're like trying to get people to watch with Arn Anderson or Tully Blanchard, then I'll call them out. But for now, I think it's like a nice way to show respect for a lot of people that he probably feels like are part of the reason why I'm here and why I'm doing this. Yeah, and I, I don't have a problem with Tully being there because you never see Tully on TV anyway. Right. And, and Tully, Arn- Tully might be the best promo in wrestling right now. <laughs> like if anybody's been watching like Road 2 shows, like I've been skipping being the elite and like I was so invested in that Road 2 series. And Tully is incredible. Like, <laughs> I don't know if it's because we really haven't heard him too much. And I just, like, forgot how good he was. Right. But, I mean, not that I ever knew how good he was. He was, like, <laughs> around when you were a kid. Yeah, and, and I was not watching the Tully Blanchard wrestling programs <laughs> when I was a kid. No. Um, That's Southern wrestling. Yeah, but, yeah, I have no problem with them paying respect for these people at this point and having them as a part of it. And especially, like, Arn is a guy who has been around WWE you know, for how many years now? And I like to me, I, I always think it's cool when I see somebody like we got Fink to defect from WWE to AEW this week. I like to see somebody, you know, kind of turn their back on WWE and show up here. I loved when Brett did it. Like anybody who chooses to do that, I'm all all in favor of. Um, Brett showed up on WWE television again. No, I or was it like up, all right, just get your paycheck? <laughs> no, I, I meant like I loved it when Brett showed up for AEW like cuz he he was like the ultimate WWE guy and No, that's what I'm saying like how were you upset when he ended up going back to WWE oh, a few weeks ago? Uh yeah, kind of. <laughs> but <laughs> but I do get it because he like you said it's a paycheck. He was um, in Canada, so yeah. they had to. Yeah, anything it's in Canada he has to do. So, do they they don't have any any more shows prior to their debut on TNT, correct? Oh, I think they got a preview show coming up, but that's about it. Did you but see what the like preview show did for All Out? The yeah, he talked, we talked K, about it. Huh? The 390K viewers? Yeah, I think that's a win. I think Me that's too. a win. They're going to do a million viewers on their debut. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, that was like I when I first said that uh, a couple months ago, I started like wishing I hadn't said it. Because I felt like, oh, I probably overstated this a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But, like you said, if they average close to 400,000 people at 10 o'clock on a Friday night with no real advertising for it, and it wasn't actually, like, a big show, it was just a preview show. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's that, to me, that's a huge number, and that's maybe, like, yeah, like, I could see that being a third of the amount of people that, that watch on October 2nd or whatever the date is. Yeah. Do you think though that that almost sets the expectation a little too high for what they could do? I don't know. Maybe we're the only people who are saying that it's going to hit that much. Like the main number I keep hearing is everybody initially said 500,000, but now since the preview show did that much, they're like, Oh, it's definitely hitting over that. Uh, For me, it hits double that. Just especially that first night, like it'll probably taper off after that for a few weeks. But if they put out a hot program, they'll probably stay steady for at least a few months. I will be shocked 
if that premiere episode doesn't do a million. And I, so I told you I wanted to backtrack after I first said it because I thought I was being a little too ambitious. But now I am willing to to put something on the line. That artist title that you carry. <laughs> if on October second they do not do a million viewers, um, I will watch live the following Raw. <laughs> well, time out, Bash. Raw hasn't been bad. <laughs> so that's not a bad thing for you. Raw has not been that bad. But for me, it's not even about whether it's good or bad. It's just that I like the principle I of I don't want to watch it. Remember, uh, not bad and good are two different things. Right, that's not the same. <laughs> that's how much they've conditioned us. That it's like, hey, it's it's not the worst. And that's Compare- good enough. Com- 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 compare these Raws to last year's Raws. Trust me. It's like it's like this year's Raws at AEW compared to last year's Raws. I'm sure they're they're better. So, like, any final thoughts on AEW or All Out? It doesn't have to necessarily be about the pay-per-view. It could just be about, like, thoughts on the company, whatever. Any, any final thoughts before we get to a little WWE? So, my final thought, and I'm actually going to get off the line after that. I'm so glad okay. I got to talk to you guys a bit. But my final thought is, as much as I love the Elite, I love watching these other guys. Like, Private Party, I don't know if you guys even touched on that or even, like, watched that match. They are so much fun to watch. And then there's, like, um, like females to be excited for, like, all this Japanese talent that you never seen, that they're so good. I'm just, like, looking forward to seeing stuff like that. And more of, like, like he says, the Lucha Express or whatever the... Jurassic, whatever. <laughs> I got to see Private Party at a CZW show a couple summers ago, and oh, wow. they oh. were they were a lot of fun. Even then, like a couple years ago, obviously they they've like grown since then. But like, yeah, they were a lot of fun even then. Oh. Yeah, the finisher is incredible. <laughs> Pass, you're an Orange Cassidy, Mark, right? I love Orange Cassidy. Okay, yeah. so he, so he popped up, and I don't know if you saw this or, or have seen him do this, but. He has this thing where he keeps his hand in his pockets. Yes. And so he did a, he did a dive between the ropes with his hands in his pockets. <laughs> Pash, he was with the best friends. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they, they, hugged, they hugged it out. <laughs> yeah, I love that guy. He, he was, to me, he was the breakout star of Pash's Indie Inquiry. <laughs> him and David Arquette. <laughs> oh, no, Dick Justice, too, was pretty good. Oh, yeah, I loved him, too. That was, that was a, the first match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the comedy match. I, I loved it. Um, now, Prep, there's one other thing I'd like you to at least give one comment on before you go. And it's WWE related. Uh, okay. We just talked about this last week. Uh, Bailey, is this an official heel turn or are we not sure yet? I think and what is your feeling official, on it? I think it's an official heel turn. Uh it got the shock pop out of me. I'm a little disappointed that she didn't pull the scrunchie out. <laughs> but I will be waiting for that very soon. Yeah, I'm waiting to see it too. Uh, I know you got to go. so Hold on one second. You want to see okay. a crying baby before we hang? Oh, Sadie can make her podcast debut before I get off the line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Prep, one more thing. Since me, and, since me are passing and watching, and Eric will be mad if it wasn't spoken about. Thoughts on... <laughs> oh, Sadie, stop it. Your uncle is Sadie? 
So, I am Ron Pashery Jr., and I am joined by my good friends, uh, Preptagon Jr., Josh Prepagina, Mr. Wednesday Night Live. We call him A-Lo. The ladies call him Baylo, Aaron Lloyd, and Miss Sadie Jade making her podcast debut. Looking yeah. like her mom. She did it right. <laughs> Looking like her mom. And I love that she, she made her voice heard immediately upon yes. getting near the microphone. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. she, she loves to put herself over. Oh, yes, she did. <laughs> she, oh, no, she's no, got it. <laughs> All right, Ayla, what was that last question? I'm yeah, sorry. B- yeah, before you hang up. I know Eric's going to be mad that nobody brought it up because I haven't watched it. I know Pash hasn't. Uh, Bait and Walter. Oh, my God. Fantastic. It's on my match of the year list. Um, for Pash, it might be a little long, but I do think it's worth the watch. He might have that same disconnect that he had with uh, Bait and Dunn. But like I said, whoever has some type of affinity for wrestling has to watch this match. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Pash will have a disconnect because he actually likes the big and small guy dynamic. So yeah, I don't and, think he, and he does like Walter. He yeah, I like Walter. Walter so. Another breakout from Pash's indie inquiry that I that I yeah. uh, that I appreciate. So it has it has a couple things going for it that that Bait and Dunn didn't. Um, yeah, like I said, if I were you, I'd take the time and watch it. <laughs> Say bye, Sadie. But I'll catch you guys soon, all right? All right, Prep. All right, have man. a good night. Sadie, good night, have a good night. the rest of the show. See you, fans. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that was a, a, a nice surprise. Yes. Um, so did you have any final AEW thoughts? Um, no, I, no, I'm pretty much – I'm set. I, I'm glad Prep came on to, uh, to have somebody to bounce off, com- yeah. somebody else to bounce off conversation with. And hear his opinions. Me too. So WWE, obviously, the the big story I think is Bailey teaming up with Sasha, maybe joining the dark side, uh, beating up Becky with the chair. I mean, this did. This is another thing that did get a lot of attention on social media. A lot of people were talking about it. A lot of people are interested in it. Do you see this having? Do you see this being more successful than the stuff Sasha and Bailey have done on the main roster to this point? Absolutely. Uh, because before I went to the gym before Raw ended, and because Bailey, that ended the show. So I went to the gym and I was like getting my notes together because I had a thought. I was like, okay, they're actually. So, so I was like, okay, we might actually get a proper Sasha versus Bailey feud going into maybe by the end of the year. And I'm like, Boy, was I wrong when I saw that the way Raw ended because <laughs> I, I I didn't expect that at all. They completely threw a threw a swerve at you, and they did a nice job, I think, building it up all night. Now, I know you guys, I know you guys, I know you talked about that you weren't impressed with Sasha's promo last week. How it got some so much internet praise because she actually talked talked real life about what happened at the WrestleMania, but. I was on the boat with you. I didn't really care for it, but this week I thought Sasha did a great job because I think Sasha shines in promos when she's opposed somebody because all her movements and facials, they actually matter more. Um, have you seen Sasha's promo against Becky Lynch this week? I didn't, So, but there was one thing I wanted to mention. I didn't, like, I kind of liked some of what she said. I liked that they had her address, the stuff oh, yeah. that we kind of all had heard about. Yeah. I just didn't think it was like, now maybe if I heard nothing about it, and I saw it, I'd be like, oh, cool, like she got out there and talked, whatever. But the fact that people were acting like 
oh she's back like yeah yeah "Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't it was fine it just wasn't great uh no i like i literally the only thing i saw this week i saw the clip of bailey taking the chair and then using it on becky um i saw the firefly funhouse and i think that might be the only oh and before we recorded i saw a clip of whoever the hell bianca belair had a match with tonight tried to do like a dive off the ring apron and bianca belair caught her and did a uh whatever the hell it's called when you you throw somebody back over your head i forget what it's oh, called. military press um but that's all i saw so what she, what she did on the microphone this week was better than what she had done the week before yeah because her her and becky they went back and forth they were going against each other and becky was saying how sasha wished she was her and then hitting on truths again sasha says becky you want me you think i wish i was you the only reason you made event at WrestleMania was because Nia Jax broke your face. And that's true because we said that <laughs> we spoke about that at length and we already know that the main event was supposed to be Charlotte and Ronda at WrestleMania, not it wasn't supposed to involve Becky. So their match at Nine of at Clash of Champions is officially set. And on at the end of the world, like I said, I was completely shocked. I didn't see it at all. On on SmackDown, uh Bailey cut the promo well on Raw, going back to Raw, Bailey we, we always say she's not a great actress or whatever, and a lot of things she does is cringeworthy. But I thought she did a great job when Charlie asked her about Sasha because she kind of looked like hesitant to answer, didn't want to say the wrong thing, just didn't even want to talk about it. So, like, I thought, like, she did a great job, like, like with that with her facials and stuff and then trying to get Charlie to actually get back off on topic of the match. And then Sasha had an interview later with Sarah, and Sasha just yelled at her and said, get out of my face. So they did a good job of like kind of like not talking about it and with Bailey just looking like, what's my friend doing? And the fact that she actually embraced Sasha, um, and then they was right then on SmackDown. So Bailey was just promo. She was basically saying she was being loyal to her friend, and that's why she did it. And then Charlotte comes down, cuts a promo, and then Sasha comes out and they attack Charlotte. So I do like like Bailey kind of now granted i didn't see it so i i don't know for sure if this is the way it was portrayed but if it was i like the idea of her like not owning up to like being bad now yeah because yeah because <laughs> yeah, because of how promo she was saying i was just trying to be loyal trying to teach the young children and the, and the fans about being loyal and that like, was to me that is a really good way to have her be a heel of like trying to act like she's not yeah yeah <laughs> Like, don't have her go the full, like, okay, I'm really bad now. Like, I'm going to do things that aren't good, but I'm going to keep acting like I'm good. I Like, I really think that's a smart way to do it. Mm-hmm. And maybe the best way for them to do it. Like, the most believable way to do it. Um, like, because I, I think I, I made the joke last week of, are we going to see her being, like, the rebellious teenager, like, wearing a leather jacket and, and smoking <laughs> a cigarette? Like, I think this is I the smartest lo- I, way to do it. <laughs> I will love that, like... Put Tina and Sadie to bed when they see Bailey. <laughs> like, yeah. like I, I would pop if Bailey just sat there and said, "You think you could tell me what to do? You think you could tell me what to wear?" <laughs> I think that's so funny. Um, now the other question I have is: Do you think that this was a good idea to do right now, or do you think they should have let Sasha do her thing a little while? Because now I feel like this has become about the two of them again. And I don't know if that's for the best. What do you think? 
Yeah, I think it was the best thing because, like, no matter what, like I said, when when they announced this, the the ch- that Bailey and Becky were tagging on Raw, I knew that Sasha was gonna have was gonna get involved somehow, some way, and Bailey and Sasha would end up having an interaction. So I knew that was gonna happen. But the fact that, and like I said, the the basic thing to do was like have Sasha turn on Bailey, and they quote unquote have a feud down the line. But the fact that Bailey did the ev- inevitable and actually turned heel. And that's something that we we've been joking about, but never really thought that w- what would actually happen happen. So I think that's actually really good. And you can get actually more at more out of this. And like you said, like the whole idea of like Bailey being a heel, but like acting not like, like she's not a heel. I think it's a, <laughs> a great idea. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm actually, it's something that actually interests me and I'm like, Ooh, this is a really smart idea. Whoever's idea it was, I commend them for, for coming up with it. Um, so, The Fiend. We've obviously discussed the idea of him going after a championship. You and I discussed it two weeks ago. We talked about it a little bit last week, uh, me, Eck, and Prep. Um, here's something that I, that I would love. And I, I don't think this is the direction they're going in. Um, I would love if it's Bray who's interested in the title and not The Fiend. Like, I don't I don't know what the dynamic is between Bray and The Fiend yet. None of us really do. But I, I, I love the idea of, like, Bray still is chasing these, like, human things that he desires. But The Fiend is not interested in that. And it's almost like there's a battle between these two versions of himself that like one still wants to be like the WWE superstar and the other one wants to be the thing that rules over WWE and terrorizes it. I would love that. Although I don't think that's the the direction that they're going. Do you think there's any chance that the person who challenges Seth or Braun for the, the universal title is Bray and not the fiend? I would love that idea because like we've been talking about for weeks now about there may be like an imbalance between the two, but now I missed the Firefly Funhouse, so you you can have more you can add more context than I can. But I wouldn't be opposed to that. But the whole thing of like, because even two weeks ago when me and you were talking about, we were talking about how how the hell do you get what are you going to get out of Seth and Braun? And we was like, what if the Fiend comes? Like if the Fiend's not doing nothing, what if he just interferes and you get the match happening at a uh, Hell in a Cell? We thought that that might be an idea because it's like he's not doing anything, and what else is there possibly for him to do? Yeah, I, I'm still not thrilled about the about the idea of the fiend being the champion or going after a championship. But I did find a way to reconcile it in my mind that that is part of Bray that wants that, and not necessarily the fiend. And he said something on the Firefly Funhouse that he said before this week. And I don't remember the exact words he used, but I think he said like the fiend, like the fiend is the, is here to protect us. And so yeah, maybe the fiend is like doing the things that Bray couldn't do. So like Bray was the champion after years of like flailing, finally becomes a champion and then loses it. Now the fiend is in place to make sure that he never like loses it again. I don't know. I, I Like I said, I'm not crazy about the idea of The Fiend going out there for the title, but maybe The Fiend isn't interested in it. He's only doing it because Bray is putting him in that situation. I don't know. I, 
it, but if anything else, like now I'm interested to see how they try to tell us this. Like I, I want to know more about what the relationship is between the fiend and Bray. Does Bray control it? Like he says he does. Is the fiend eventually going to become the thing that's controlling Bray? I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to find out and I hope it's a story they tell us. And yeah, I would love to see him in in the red sweater and the uh, corduroy pants out there <laughs> fighting for the championship. And I think it's a way to have him not win the title if it was Bray in the match. Like, because I'd be okay with Bray losing. He just can't lose as the Fiend. Yeah, cause, um, yeah. Because like, even if he does challenge, like, how the hell do you get get out of that match? And then you guys talked about last week. That was Bray Wyatt's problem the first time go around. We came that like, he was interested in stuff, but once he got into the main event scene, he will lose the most important matches, and it wouldn't mean anything because he didn't rise to the occasion. Yeah. So I'm interested. Uh, I'm curious. I'm excited for like to, to at least see how this unfolds, and I, I'm trying to. I'm trying to not let my negativity towards WWE cloud my viewing experience of this. You know and I know we have a tendency to to think further ahead and when things maybe don't work out the way we'd like to see them work out, we get disappointed by it. I'm trying to just watch this as it unfolds and not watch it like I think I know where this is going and then disappointed if it doesn't. I'm trying to just enjoy it as they give me each little piece. Um but that's everything I saw from WWE this week. What else happened well, that's I'll, worth noting? Well, Randy Orton and Kofi Kingston, I love the credit you're giving Randall with, <laughs> with this whole thing. But, yeah, I think this has been fantastic. This week was better. And you were talking about Corey Graves during their SummerSlam match, how he was basically kind of like telling you the story as it was unfolding. Now, again, Kofi got jumped. And Graves was saying, once again, Randy Orton outsmarting and outsmarting duping Kofi Kingston in. And since the fact, since there, since then it's not going to be a six man tag for, for all the titles, which I suggested, I, I think that Kofi is going to actually outsmart Randy and dupe him into doing something. So Kofi can get a quick win. So it'll be like a roll up or something. So Randy doesn't really lose anything. You can get that final payoff at hell in a cell. I love it. Like like I said uh, a couple weeks ago, and I've been saying this for a while, as long as the feud with, with Randy Orton ends, with Kofi still the champion, I'm fine with it. Like, I think it's really cool to to pay respect to, the, to this guy being his biggest feud, like the biggest thing he did in his career before the New Day. I think him being someone who is so accomplished in WWE and has been so well known for so long, like I, I think this is like a, a cool feud for Kofi, and I really think adding the revival to it like brought it up two more levels from where it already was. Uh, so I have no complaints about what they're doing yet. I think that they have done a really good job. I think they're telling the most compelling story of his title reign, and honestly, there's part of me that thinks this is just as good as the story that led to him winning the championship in the first place. Yeah. Because it may, Randy... not, it may not have the same like excitement of us, like all hoping he'd win and fearing that he wouldn't and fearing he may win on Sunday and then lose it the next pay-per-view. But I, I think this has been equally good 
to that. Yeah, because Randy, because Randy, because Kofi, the only time Kofi was in the main event was against Randy. So, and Randy's the only one still around from the main event scene. So, Randy's that only foil Kofi hasn't beaten yet. Yeah. So, I, I again, it's another thing that I think that they're they're doing well, and even though I don't like them as a company, and even though I don't <laughs> like Randall as a wrestler slash sports entertainer. I think that this has been good all around and it's something like I'm looking forward to the next match and I'm looking forward to seeing like how they get to hell in a cell with these two. And I think it'll be, I think it'll be a lot of fun. I think it'll be interesting. And like I said, it was a very ingenious move to have the revival get involved because those three together has been really enjoyable. Mm -hmm. And I can't, I can't take that away from them. Um, there was one other thing I wanted to mention from WWE. Our truth up to his 14th 24-7 <laughs> title reign. So Charlotte has a ways to go. To <laughs> so good him hiding in the scepter and a, and a, and a rope. So he good. He is going to pass Ric Flair before she catches him. <laughs> He's going to get to 17 before she gets to 14. Um, I saw a rumor... Uh, right before we recorded that there has been possible dates floated around for a draft or a superstar shakeup. Yeah. A draft on uh, October 11th and it'll, it's going to go through SmackDown and raw. So SmackDown on Friday, then it'll end on raw on that Monday. So my, my first question is, does this even matter? Well, they're saying it won't, it won't be a a wild card rule. It's like those rosters will be set. So, officially, when the new TV deals kick in, they will be separate shows, separate rosters, completely on their own. Yeah. Do you like that? Yeah, yeah. I, I've always liked because, like I said, it's more opportunity. You can see more, get to see more, more talent, and they can get, actually get time to shine. But it's just the fact of like you can't have them bounce around this show and. They're on this show too. Well, they're on this show this week, but you know, but I don't have a problem. I never had a problem with the split rosters, especially now with all the talent that they have. No, I, I think the split rosters are better. Now, granted, some of my wrestling burnout happened because of the brand split, because it just it became like double what we had to cover, double what we had to watch, and it it makes it harder to to enjoy it all. But I do think if this is what they're doing, they have one on USA, one on Fox. I do think that it has to be separate. And I'm glad that they are going to keep it separate because to me, even though I haven't been watching it, it just seems ridiculous to me that just everybody shows up on both shows whenever they feel like it. Like it doesn't feel like there's any order to it. Like you just... Come and go as you please. Whatever you're, you're on both shows, and we'll say you're on the SmackDown roster, but you could show up on Raw. Like Sasha and Bailey, Raw closed with the two of them, and then I believe SmackDown opened with them. Mm-hmm. So, to me, it's like, well, why? I don't know. It just always bothered me when the the wild card rule went from three people. First of all, the wild card rule was stupid. 
three people could show up on Raw from SmackDown. Three people could show up on SmackDown from Raw. Like, why? Who? No need to do it. And then it just became a free-for-all. I do think it's smart to separate it. So I was going to criticize them for having the draft or the shakeup because it doesn't. I thought it didn't matter. But if they are going to be set rosters, then I'm all for it. Uh, anything else wrestling-wise? Well, I want to put over this King of the Ring tournament. I think it's been really good. Like I said, Raw has been a lot better, especially from an in-ring perspective. Uh, Corbin and Alexander, before the match, um, the OC attacked Cedric Alexander before his match, and they kind of injured his shoulder. So, like, the whole time in the match, Alexander was trying to was, – Corbin was working on the shoulder. And at, at one point, Alexander was even trying to take out Corbin's shoulder, showing some frustration. So, I think that at Clash of Champions, AJ is going to defend the title against Cedric. And uh, Chad Gable and Andrade, excellent match. Chad Gable actually upset him. In the, mm-hmm. in the King of the Ring tournament. So, like, I guess Chad Gable's, like, the Cinderella story in this tournament. And I, I'm, really, I'm really enjoying it. They're actually, like, getting a lot out of it. So I'm really looking forward to, like, what happens at the end. I, I'm still going with Corbin. I still think it says Baron Corbin written all over it. But I'm really looking forward to what they do with the rest of the King of the Ring tournament. So uh, John Canton, uh, founder and uh, chief – executive officer or whatever you want to call him of TJR wrestling. He's been, he writes a column every week called, uh, I think he just calls it the John report or maybe it's the raw mm-hmm. deal. And he recaps raw. He like actually writes it, his recap as the show is going on. And I haven't been reading the full recaps for Raw and SmackDown, but I always scroll to the bottom to see like he gives each one a rating. So like it, it gives me a little bit of a judgment as to like, where he enjoys the show on a weekly basis. And he always does a thing that are, it's like three stars from each show. And typically every week since the King of the Ring tournament's been going on, two out of the three stars are people who had matches in the King of the Ring tournament. So it's like, clearly they are featuring these wrestlers and allowing them to have good matches. Yeah. So I think if nothing else, it's like a good showcase for some of these guys. I don't know if being the King of the Ring will mean anything, or will help anyone in the long run. But like the process of getting there has given some of these guys a little bit more exposure and given them an opportunity to shine. Who's yeah. your, who's your favorite to win? Well, I think it's Corbin. I'm not sure who will be in the fight. I think Gable has to face Alliance. I think, but I, I think this has Corbin written all over it. Well, I said from the first week, I would love to see King Corbin. and I, I stand by it. He, really he took his gold to chain him. off. Oh, he did? Yeah. Maybe because he's getting ready for a gold crown. <laughs> um, let's see. We can't review 90210 this week. Um, do we have any listener questions? Yeah, we got a couple from the co-host of the show. Okay. All right. This one's from Eric. If I can find it. <laughs> How far back was this thing? Okay, I got it. This is... Hold up. Hold up. <laughs> All right, well, he says, Thanks to Prep for putting over Walter Bate. You guys know my thoughts on how great I think this match was reluctantly. Despite the loss... Despite the loss... Oh, Eric. Uh, Eric's typing. 
despite the loss, despite not just being a smaller NXT guy, but an NXT UK guy, how far can you see the E pushing bait? Uh, personally, I mean, I don't think far at all. I think he kind of has his role there. Like, he appeals to a certain segment of the fan base. And I, I don't think he will ever appeal to, like, a mass audience. And I don't think they believe he can either. I don't know if you agree or disagree with that. I kind of disagree. I think that with the way things have been going on on Raw and SmackDown, like like you said, like how John Cantor rated the matches from the King of the Ring tournament and emphasis put on guys like Gable, Ali, and Cedric Alexander, I think with Bischoff and Heyman running, I think one of them will really get a kick out of Tyler Bate. Yeah, I just, again, I could be wrong. Like, I just, I don't see it. Like, I even remember thinking that about Adam Cole. Like, a lot of people were throwing around the idea of like, oh, he's like he's a star. He's going to be a star, and I like I think like he's a really good wrestler, and he's good. But I didn't see him as being someone that's going to be like a star in WWE. I think the it might have been a question one week, like who has the the more potential, Velveteen Dream or yeah. Adam Cole? And I was like, yeah. I don't see that for Adam Cole. I see like hardcore wrestling fans love Adam Cole, but I don't think he's ever going to be like a guy that gets bigger than that. That That's kind of how I feel about Tyler Bate. But I think he's also super young, right? Yeah. Like 22 or 23 maybe? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I mean, again, I could be proven wrong. I've been wrong before. Wouldn't be the first time. Won't be the last. But I don't – I'd be shocked if they put some, like, serious push behind Tyler Bate. Yeah, his second question is merch related. Now I'm not sure if you're you're hip to this, but GameStop GameStop's Retro Fest Elite line is at a unique spot. They all went on sale from twenty five to five dollars for seven days. We got five of them so far in the wild. HBK, Macho Man, Ric Flair, Hacksaw, and Honky Talk Man. Not guaranteed if GameStop gets me perfect and chic, which you can get on Ringside Ringside Collectibles mm-hmm. best bestie. Uh <laughs> Let's fantasy book from the era who, from the era who would you like to be the eighth and maybe the final elite in this set? Me personally, Mario Gennetti to complete the Shawn Michaels rockers. If that's not in the cards, Hogan at his first Hogan as his first lead back since being reinstated with the WWE. Who who's all released so far? Uh, HBK rockers HBK. Uh, Macho Man, Ric Flair, Hacksaw, and Honky Talk Man. And there's a Mr. Perfect and an Iron Sheik that are supposed to be releasing. But for some reason, they actually popped up on everywhere else except GameStop. Okay, so that so anyone from that era, who would you most like to see a figure released of? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Jake the Snake Roberts. Okay, I, I have one too. Well, I, I agree with him. I would love a Hogan for his first one back. Because I don't, I don't have any um, Hogan figures, but you'll appreciate this one. Sapphire. <laughs> oh, God, I would lo- I would buy that one. <laughs> if they released a Sapphire figure. Should go with Dusty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, and then we got a question from Prep. He asks, is it too early for AEW to try to establish merch like figures and other toys? I think no, only because 
look, are they going to be able to sell figures on the scale that WWE does? Of course not. But if you look at the people who are like invested in these guys and in this company, it's people like, you know, you, Eck and Prep, who actually buy this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think if they released it, there are more than enough people that would buy the merch that they release. And so no, I don't think it's too early. Like, is that a big investment? Sure. But I almost feel like they have a guaranteed return on their investment as long as they're not investing too much. Yeah. Now, the way I answer this is might be a little confusing now. Do I think it's too early? Yes, but only because I don't want them to get some trash toy company making this stuff. Like the, the company that makes the, uh, the, re- the, um, the, one so- the ones that are sold on, uh, what's that website? Figure Toys, Figure Toy Company. I don't want them to have a bigger toy company deal. I prefer like one of these bigger companies to actually sign them and that being a Hasbro. So it, I think it's too early for that, but because only because I want them to be made well. Like if, if Storm Collectibles or a company like Hasbro came to say, hey, we'll make your guys figures, then I'll be all for that. But yeah, so yeah, you're saying it's too early because they might get stuck with a subpar product. But you don't yeah. think it's too early as far as them being able to move the merchandise. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and his last question is: How long before Bailey drops the side pony? Now, me personally, <laughs> if this like we talked about, this might not be like a direct heel turn, even though it is a heel turn. I would have loved if Bailey came out like all glammed up, like with her hair down, just. Not not Bailey, you know, not yeah. looking like a Mark, looking like a Bella or mm-hmm. something like that. How long? I, I think it's going to be at least at least a month because I do believe they're going to have her, like, as a character, she's going to keep acting like she's not any different. So I don't think you're going to see an outward change. I think it'll take some time. If, if we ever get that physical change, I think it's going to take some time. I'm, but I'm going to say a minimum of them. Like we definitely won't see that until probably after Hell in a Cell sometime. And even that, it's probably a while after that. What do you think? Um, I don't know if she'll change. I, 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 I don't. I, I, I really don't. Like, like, like I said, we talked about how like her turn wasn't. She had like a viable reason for her turn and stuff like that. So I don't know what she'll ever ditch the side pony, but I would love it. But seeing Bailey without a side pony is kind of strange sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm still. I still have my fingers crossed for rebellious teenager Bailey. Hopefully, <laughs> we get that someday. Oh, that'd, be, um, that'd be so good. Well, thank you guys for the questions. Did we have any other ones, or was that everything? That was everything. All right. Well, Alo, welcome back. Welcome back to the mainland. Welcome back to Wednesday nights. Thank you. Uh, it was great to see you. It was great to have you back on the show. Um, oh, by, by, by the way, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad that you inspired me to get a fit off every day. <laughs> and... and, and, and my beer was aspiring to be like yours. Cause, cause there, there was some days I was in the mirror picking. I'm like, oh, my God. Shout out to Pash. <laughs> what, for how hard it is to manage? No, how, how good it was looking. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's it's almost back to where it was before I trimmed it down. Uh-huh. Um, I'm probably a couple weeks away from that. 
Although I did, I've been like snipping off like the edges because they've been getting tangled a lot. Uh -huh. Like you've probably seen me putting my fingers in here a lot. It keeps like mm -hmm. getting tangled. Um, I don't remember it being like that when it got this long before. I don't know if it's the humidity or what. Um, but yeah, I, it's funny actually. So you're you're familiar with the the term a Philly beard, right? Yeah. And it's very popular in in the black community and like a lot of converted Muslims. Yeah. But it is definitely like a a style of beard that is big amongst the black community. So, yeah. really quick Uber Eats story for you. Oh, um, there it is. I did a delivery um, in Yaden, and the guy to protect the innocent. I won't give you his real name. So let's just say his name is uh, just say his name is Jamal. It's his name is not <laughs> far off from that. So. I get to Jamal's house. Uh, he's standing outside of the apartment complex. I get out of the car with his food. He's on the phone talking to someone. So I walk up. I hand him his order. I think he ordered Sonic. And hand over the order. And uh, I say, like, have a good night or whatever. And then I see him to the person on the phone. He goes, hold on one sec. And he goes, yo, that's a great beard. Respect. <laughs> And like he shook, he shook my hand. Now he himself had a Philly beard, uh -huh. so I took that as like an especially meaningful compliment that he put the person he was talking told the person he was talking to on the phone, hold on a second, just to compliment me on my beard. I thought it was hysterical. Like I laughed for ten minutes after that happened. I'm sure you did, and I appreciate that. I really yeah, do appreciate that. That happened, I think, on Saturday or Sunday, and it, it was hysterical. Um, I have another better Uber Eats story than that that I'll save for next week. Um, so don't let me forget. Oh, well. Um, it's actually like, yeah, it's, it's a pretty good Uber Eats story. Uh, yeah, but the beard, yeah, getting the beard to be photogenic takes a little bit of work. Yes. <laughs> yes, I, I had like three cones working on it. Like, okay, I got to get this to laid flat and all this stuff. Got to get this this uh, tangle out. Mm -hmm. It's not easy. Oh. It definitely takes some work. Um, but, yeah, that is the show. I hope everyone enjoyed All Out. I hope you enjoyed Matt Madness this week. I hope you will subscribe on iTunes. I hope you will leave a five-star rating and review. Alo, is there any merch to move? Yes. Uh, what a maneuver.net to embrace the madness. All right. So for uh, Preptagon Jr., Josh Prepagina, for Sadie Jade making her podcast debut making her presence known in the matt madness universe uh for mr wednesday night live we call him alo the ladies call him balo aaron lloyd i am ron pashery and we will see you next week Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the mystery man, it ain't safe to land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.